0: This is day 61 of our daily Bible reading. We will be completing 1 Kings chapters 10 through 14. Lord, Heavenly Father, we exalt your name today in our hearts, and our mouth is proclaiming what is on our heart. Not just lip service to you, Lord, but we truly mean what we say. We spend this time with you, Lord, because we want to understand you. We want to honor you. We want to give you all the glory and praise in our lives and recognize that apart from you, we are nothing. And Lord, we may be reminded of that often, so that we would not stray from you, we would not seek other gods, but Lord, that we would stay close to you and, and not let go. Please bless this time as we study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Now when the Queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, She came to test him with difficult questions. So she came to Jerusalem with a very large retinue, with camels carrying spices and very much gold and precious stones. When she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was hidden from the king which he did not explain to her. When the queen of Sheba perceived all the wisdom of Solomon the house that he had built, the food of his table, the seating of his servants, the attendance of his waiters and their attire, his cup-bearers, and his stairway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. Then she said to the king, "'It was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. Nevertheless, I did not believe the reports.' until I came and my eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. You exceed in wisdom and prosperity the report which I heard. How blessed are your men! How blessed are these servants who stand before you continually and hear your wisdom! Blessed be the Lord your God, who delighted in you to set you on the throne of Israel, because the Lord loved Israel forever. Therefore he made you king, to do justice and righteousness. She gave the king a hundred and twenty talents of gold, and a very great amount of spices and precious stones. Never again did such abundance of spices come in as that which the queen of Sheba gave King Solomon. Also the ships of Hiram, which brought gold from Ophir, brought in from Ophir a very great number of almug trees and precious stones. The king made of the almug trees supports for the house of the Lord and for the king's house, also lyres and harps for the singers. Such almug trees have not come in again, nor have they been seen to this day. King Solomon gave to the queen of Sheba all her desire which she requested besides what he gave her according to his royal bounty. Then she turned and went to her own land together with her servants. Now the weight of gold which came into Solomon in one year was six hundred and sixty-six talents of gold, besides that from the traders and the wares of the merchants and all the kings of the Arabs and the governors of the country. King Solomon made two hundred large shields of beaten gold using six hundred shekels of gold on each large shield. He made three hundred shields of beaten gold, using three minas of gold on each shield, and the king put them in the house of the forest in Lebanon. Moreover, the king made a great throne of ivory, and overlaid it with refined gold. There were six steps to the throne, and a round top to the throne at its rear, and arms on each side of the seat, and two lions standing beside the arms. Twelve lions were standing there on the six steps on the one side and on the other. Nothing like it was made for any other kingdom. All King Solomon's drinking vessels were of gold, and all the vessels of the house of the forest of Lebanon were of pure gold. None was of silver. It was not considered valuable in the days of Solomon. For the king had at sea the ships of Tarshish with the ships of Hiram. Once every three years the ships of Tarshish came, bringing gold and silver, ivory and apes and peacocks. So King Solomon became greater than all the kings of the earth in riches and in wisdom. All the earth was seeking the presence of Solomon, to hear his wisdom which God had put in his heart. They brought every man his gift, article of silver and gold, garments, weapons, spices, horses, and mules, so much year by year. Now Solomon gathered chariots and horsemen, and he had fourteen hundred chariots and twelve thousand horsemen, and he stationed them in the chariot cities and with the king in Jerusalem. The king made silver as common as stones in Jerusalem, and he made cedars as plentiful as sycamore trees that are in the lowland. Also, Solomon's import of horses was from Egypt and Kew, and the king's merchants procured them from Kew for a price. A chariot was imported from Egypt for 600 shekels of silver and a horse for 150 and by the same means they exported them to all the kings of the Hittites and to the kings of the arameans Now King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite women, from the nations concerning which the Lord had said to the sons of Israel, You shall not associate with them, nor shall they associate with you, for they will surely turn your heart away after their gods. Solomon held fast to these in love. He had seven hundred wives, princesses, and three hundred concubines, and his wives turned his heart away. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away after other gods, and his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father had been. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the detestable idol of the Ammonites. Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and did not follow the Lord fully, as David his father had done. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the detestable idol of Moab, on the mountain which is east of Jerusalem, and for Molech, the detestable idol of the sons of Ammon, Thus also he did for all his foreign wives, who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. Now the Lord was angry with Solomon, because his heart was turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice, and had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods. But he did not observe what the Lord had commanded. So the Lord said to Solomon, Because you have done this, and you have not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom from you, and will give it to your servant. Nevertheless, I will not do it in your days, for the sake of your father David, but I will tear it out of the hand of your son. However, I will not tear away all the kingdom, but I will give one tribe to your son for the sake of my servant David, and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. Then the Lord raised up an adversary to Solomon, Hadad the Edomite. He was of the royal line in Edom. For it came about, when David was in Edom, and Joab, the commander of the army, had gone up to bury the slain, and had struck down every male in Edom. For Joab and all Israel stayed there six months, until he had cut off every male in Edom. That Hadad fled to Egypt, he and certain Edomites of his father's servants with him, while Hadad was a young boy. They arose from Midian and came to Paran, and they took men with them from Paran and came to Egypt, to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who gave him a house and assigned him food and gave him land. Now Hadad found great favor before Pharaoh, so that he gave him in marriage the sister of his own wife, the sister of Toppenes the queen. The sister of Toppenes bore his son Ginebath, whom Toppenes weaned in Pharaoh's house, and Ginebath was in Pharaoh's house among the sons of Pharaoh. But when Hadad heard in Egypt that David slept with his fathers, and that Joab the commander of the army was dead, Hadad said to Pharaoh, Send me away, that I may go to my own country. Then Pharaoh said to him, But what have you lacked with me, that behold, you are seeking to go to your own country? And he answered, Nothing. Nevertheless, you must surely let me go. God also raised up another adversary to him, Rezan, the son of Eliada, who had fled from his lord Hadadezer, king of Zobah, he gathered men to himself and became leader of a marauding band. After David slew them of Zobah, and they went to Damascus and stayed there and reigned in Damascus. So he was an adversary to Israel all the days of Solomon, along with the evil that Hadad did, and he abhorred Israel and reigned over Aram. Then Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, an Ephraimite of zeridah Solomon's servant, whose mother's name was Zeruah, a widow, also rebelled against the king. Now this was the reason why he rebelled against the king. Solomon built the Melo, and closed up the breach of the city of his father David. Now the man Jeroboam was a valiant warrior. And when Solomon saw that the young man was industrious, he appointed him over all the forced labor of the house of Joseph. It came about at that time when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem that the prophet Ahijah the Shilonite found him on the road. Now Ahijah had clothed himself with a new cloak, and both of them were alone in the field. Then Ahijah took hold of the new cloak which was on him, and tore it into twelve pieces. He said to Jeroboam, Take for yourself ten pieces. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Behold, I will tear the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon, and give you ten tribes. But he will have one tribe, for the sake of my servant David, and for the sake of Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen from all the tribes of Israel. Because... They have forsaken me, and have worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, Shamash, the god of Moab, and Milcom, the god of the sons of Ammon. And they have not walked in my ways, doing what is right in my sight, and observing my statutes and my ordinances, as his father David did. Nevertheless, I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand, but I will make him ruler all the days of his life. For the sake of my servant David, whom I chose, who observed my commandments and my statutes. But I will take the kingdom from his son's hand and give it to you, even ten tribes. But to his son I will give one tribe, that my servant David may have a lamp always before me in Jerusalem, the city where I have chosen for myself to put my name. I will take you, and you shall reign over whatever you desire and you shall be king over Israel. Then it will be that if you listen to all that I command you, and walk in my ways, and do what is right in my sight by observing my statutes and my commandments, as my servant David did, then I will be with you, and build you an enduring house as I built for David, and I will give Israel to you. Thus I will afflict the descendants of David for this, but not always. Solomon sought therefore to put Jeroboam to death, but Jeroboam arose and fled to Egypt, to Shishak, king of Egypt, and he was in Egypt until the death of Solomon. Now the rest of the Acts of Solomon and whatever he did, and his wisdom, are they not written in the book of the Acts of Solomon? Thus the time that Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel was forty years. And Solomon slept with his fathers, and was buried in the city of his father David, and his son Rehoboam reigned in his place. Then Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had come to Shechem to make him king. Now when Jeroboam the son of Nebat heard of it, he was living in Egypt. For he was yet in Egypt, where he had fled from the presence of King Solomon. Then he sent and called him, and Jeroboam and all the assembly of Israel came and spoke to Rehoboam, saying, Your father made our yoke hard. Now, therefore, lighten the hard service of your father and his heavy yoke which he put on us, and we will serve you. Then he said to them, Depart for three days, then return to me. So the people departed. King Rehoboam consulted with the elders who had served his father Solomon while he was still alive, saying, How do you counsel me to answer these people? Then they spoke to him, saying, If you will be a servant to this people today, and will serve them and grant them their petition, and speak good words to them, then they will be your servants forever. But he forsook the counsel of the elders which they had given him, and consulted with the young men who grew up with him and served him. So he said to them, What counsel do you give that we may answer this people who have spoken to me, saying, Lighten the yoke which your father put on us? The young men who grew up with him spoke to him, saying, Thus you shall say to this people who spoke to you, saying, Your father made our yoke heavy, Now you make it lighter for us, but you shall speak to them. My little finger is thicker than my father's loins. Whereas my father loaded you with a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. Then Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam on the third day as the king had directed, saying, Return to me on the third day. The king answered the people harshly, for he forsook the advice of the elders which they had given him. And he spoke to them according to the advice of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. So the king did not listen to the people, for it was a turn of events from the Lord that he might establish his word which the Lord spoke through Ahijah the Shelanite to Jeroboam the son of Nebat. When all Israel saw that the king did not listen to them, the people answered the king, saying, What portion do we have in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel. Now look after your own house, David. So Israel departed to their tents. But as for the sons of Israel who lived in the cities of Judah, Rehoboam reigned over them. Then King Rehoboam sent Adoram, who was over the forced labor, and all Israel stoned him to death. And King Rehoboam made haste to mount his chariot to flee to Jerusalem. So Israel had been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. It came about when all Israel heard that Jeroboam had returned, that they sent and called him to the assembly, and made him king over all Israel. None but the tribe of Judah followed the house of David. Now when Rehoboam had come to Jerusalem, he assembled all the house of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin, a 180,000 chosen men who were warriors, to fight against the house of Israel to restore the kingdom to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. But the word of God came to Shemaiah, the man of God, saying, Speak to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, king of Judah, and to all the house of Judah and Benjamin, and to the rest of the people, saying, Thus says the Lord, You must not go up and fight against your relatives, the sons of Israel. Return every man to his house, for this thing has come from me. So they listened to the word of the Lord, and returned and went their way according to the word of the Lord. Then Jeroboam built Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim, and lived there. And he went out from there and built Penuel. Jeroboam said in his heart, Now the kingdom will return to the house of David. If this people go up to offer sacrifices in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then the heart of this people will return to their land, even to Rehoboam king of Judah. And they will kill me and return to Rehoboam king of Judah. So the king consulted and made two golden calves. And he said to them, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold your gods, O Israel that brought you up from the land of Egypt. He set one in Bethel, and the other he put in Dan. Now this thing became a sin, for the people went to worship before the one as far as Dan. And he made houses on high places, and made priests from among all the people who were not of the sons of Levi. Jeroboam instituted a feast in the eighth month on the fifteenth day of the month like the feast which was in Judah. And he went up to the altar. Thus he did in Bethel, sacrificing to the calves which he had made. And he stationed in Bethel the priests of the high places which he had made. Then he went up to the altar which he had made in Bethel on the fifteenth day in the eighth month, even in the month which he had devised in his own heart. And he instituted a feast for the sons of Israel, and went up to the altar to burn incense. Now behold, there came a man of God from Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord, while Jeroboam was standing by the altar to burn incense. He cried against the altar by the word of the Lord, and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord, behold, a son shall be born to the house of David. Josiah, by name, and on you he shall sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense on you, and human bones shall be burned on you. Then he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be split apart, and the ashes which are on it shall be poured out. Now when the king heard the saying of the man of God, which he cried against the altar in Bethel, Jeroboam stretched out his hand from the altar, saying, Seize him. But his hand which he stretched out against him dried up, so that he could not draw it back to himself. The altar also was split apart, and the ashes were poured out from the altar, according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. The king said to the man of God, Please entreat the Lord your God, and pray for me, that my hand may be restored to me. So the man of God entreated the Lord, and the king's hand was restored to him, and it came as it was before. Then the king said to the man of God, Come home with me and refresh yourself, and I will give you a reward. But the man of God said to the king, If you were to give me half your house, I would not go with you, nor would I eat bread or drink water in this place. For so it was commanded me by the word of the Lord, saying, You shall eat no bread, nor drink water, nor return by the way which you came. So he went another way, and did not return by the way which he came to Bethel. Now an old prophet was living in Bethel. And his sons came and told him all the deeds which the man of God had done that day in Bethel. The words which he had spoken to the king, these also they related to their father. Their father said to them, Which way did he go? Now his sons had seen the way which the man of God, who came from Judah, had gone. Then he said to his sons, Saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey for him, and he rode away on it. So he went after the man of God, and found him sitting under an oak. And he said to him, Are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said to him, Come home with me and eat bread. He said, I cannot return with you, nor go with you, nor will I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. For a command came to me by the word of the Lord. You shall not not eat bread, nor drink water there. Do not return by going the way which you came. He said to him, I also am a prophet like you. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with you to your house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied to him. So he went back with him, and ate bread in his house, and drank water. Now it came about, as they were sitting down at the table, that the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back. And he cried to the man of God who came from Judah, saying, Thus says the Lord, Because you have disobeyed the command of the Lord, and have not observed the commandment which the Lord your God commanded you, But have returned, and eaten bread, and drunk water, in the place of which he said to you, Eat no bread, and drink no water? Your body shall not come to the grave of your fathers. It came about, after he had eaten bread, and after he had drunk, that he saddled the donkey for him, for the prophet whom he had brought back. Now when he had gone, a lion met him on the way, and killed him, and his body was thrown on the road with the donkey standing beside it, the lion also was standing beside the body. And behold, men passed by and saw the body thrown on the road, and the lion standing beside the body. So they came and told it in the city where the old prophet lived. Now when the prophet who brought him back from the way heard it, he said, It is the man of God who disobeyed the command of the Lord. Therefore the Lord has given him to the lion, which has torn him and killed him, according to the word of the Lord which he spoke to him. Then he spoke to his sons, saying, Saddle the donkey for me. And they saddled it. He went and found his body thrown on the road with the donkey and the lion standing beside the body. The lion had not eaten the body nor torn the donkey. So the prophet took up the body of the man of God, and laid it on the donkey, and brought it back. And he came to the city of the old prophet to mourn and to bury him. He laid his body in his own grave, and they mourned over him, saying, Alas, my brother. After he had buried him, he spoke to his sons, saying, When I die, bury me in the grave in which the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. For the thing shall surely come to pass which he cried by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel, and against all the houses of the high places which are in the cities of Samaria. After this event, Jeroboam did not return from his evil way, but again he made priests of the high places from among all the people. Any who would, he ordained to be priests of the high places. This event became sin to the house of Jeroboam, even to blot it out and destroy it from off the face of the earth. At this time, Abijah, the son of Jeroboam, became sick. Jeroboam said to his wife, Arise now, and disguise yourself, so that they will not know that you are the wife of Jeroboam, and go to Shiloh. Behold, Ahijah the prophet is there, who spoke concerning me that I would be king over his people. Take ten loaves with you, some cakes, and a jar of honey, and go to him. He will tell you what will happen to the boy. Jeroboam's wife did so, and arose and went to Shiloh, and came to the house of Ahijah. Now Ahijah could not see, for his eyes were dim because of his age. Now the Lord had said to Ahijah, Behold, the wife of Jeroboam is coming to inquire of you concerning her son, for he is sick. You shall say thus and thus to her, for it will be when she arrives that she will pretend to be another woman. When Ahijah heard the sound of her feet coming in the doorway, he said, Come in, wife of Jeroboam, why do you pretend to be another woman? For I am sent to you with a harsh message. Go, say to Jeroboam, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Because I exalted you from among the people, and made you leader over my people Israel, and tore the kingdom away from the house of David, and gave it to you, yet you have not been like my servant David, who kept my commandments, and who followed me with all his heart, to do only that which was right in my sight. You also have done more evil than all who were before you, and have gone and made for yourself other gods and molten images to provoke me to anger, and have cast me behind your back. Therefore, behold, I am bringing calamity on the house of Jeroboam, and will cut off from Jeroboam every male person, both bond and free in Israel. And I will make a clean sweep of the house of Jeroboam, as one sweeps away dung until it is all gone. Anyone belonging to Jeroboam who dies in the city, the dogs will eat. And he who dies in the field, the birds of the heavens will eat. For the Lord has spoken it. Now you arise, go to your house. When your feet enter the city, the child will die. All Israel shall mourn for him and bury him, for he alone of Jeroboam's family will come to the grave, because in him something good was found toward the Lord God of Israel in the house of Jeroboam. Moreover, the Lord will raise up for himself a king over Israel, who will cut off the house of Jeroboam this day and from now on. For the Lord will strike Israel as a reed is shaken in the water, and he will uproot Israel from this good land which he gave to their fathers, and will scatter them beyond the Euphrates River, because they have made their asherim, provoking the Lord to anger. He will give up Israel on account of the sins of Jeroboam, which he committed, and with which he made Israel to sin. Then Jeroboam's wife arose and departed and came to Tirzah. And as she was entering the threshold of the house, the child died. All Israel buried him and mourned for him, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke through his servant Ahijah the prophet. Now, the rest of the acts of Jeroboam, how he made war and how he reigned, behold, They are written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel. The time that Jeroboam reigned was twenty-two years, and he slept with his fathers. And Nadab, his son, reigned in his place. Now Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, reigned in Judah. Rehoboam was forty-one years old when he became king, and he reigned seventeen years in Jerusalem the city which the Lord had chosen from all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. And his mother's name was Naamah the Ammonitess. Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy more than all that their fathers had done, with the sins which they committed. For they also built for themselves high places and sacred pillars and ashram on every high hill, and beneath every luxuriant tree. There were also male cult prostitutes in the land. They did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord dispossessed before the sons of Israel. Now it happened in the fifth year of King Rehoboam that Shishak, the king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem. He took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house and he took everything, even taking all the shields of gold which Solomon had made. So King Rehoboam made shields of bronze in their place, and committed them to the care of the commanders of the guard who guarded the doorway of the king's house. Then it happened as often as the king entered the house of the Lord that the guards would carry them and would bring them back into the guard's room. Now the rest of the acts of Rehoboam and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the king of Judah? There was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam continually. And Rehoboam slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. And his mother's name was Naama the Ammonitess. And Abijam his son became king in his place. So we see the rise and fall of the United Kingdom of Israel. It had only lasted two generations, David and then Solomon. And after that, it all fell apart because of what Solomon did. We see chapter 10 that the Queen of Sheba came, and she was somewhere from the Arabian area. And according to what we see from historical documents, she traveled about 1200 miles you know almost 2000 kilometers on camel to visit king solomon i mean he was he was so influential like it said in here that people from all over the world heard about solomon and wanted to meet him and in her case she brought so much stuff to him and he restored her with so many gifts that she was just dumbfounded. She saw his wisdom. She saw the beauty of Israel, how he built everything, just how his servants behaved and everything was so organized and his servants cared about the king. She was just dumbfounded. You just see it, in, like it says here, she said she had no spirit left in her. I mean, she was just overwhelmed. And she even said herself, they didn't even tell me half of how awesome Solomon is and how amazing this kingdom is. Truly remarkable. And then you see how extravagant Solomon was with so much gold and all these almug trees, which we are not really sure what those are, but the best estimate is that these are red sandalwood trees that would grow up to about 20 feet tall, about 6 meters high. And they would use those for instruments. And it was a very quality wood in those days. Now, there's extra-biblical documents that say that the Queen of Sheba and Solomon had a secret relationship, but there's no biblical comment or indication that that's the case, because it said after she visited him, then she went back to her own land. Now, it talks about how much he made in a year. 666 talents of gold. you are talking about 25 tons of gold every single year. And he made these huge shields with 15 pounds of gold each. And it says that nothing was made of silver because silver was absolutely useless in those days. That's how much prosperity that Israel had. And he even, besides his ships that he had from Hiram, He had ships from Tarshish. Now, Tarshish is believed to be the area around where modern-day Spain is. Like Spain-Portugal area is where Tarshish is believed to have been. So quite a journey to get from Tarshish to Israel. But besides that, it says here that in the import-export business, that he would make money off of that as well. So he was a very shrewd, yet very intelligent person. But here's the thing. Chapter 11 shows the reality of the condition of man. Solomon had everything that any man could ask for. He had all the riches in the world. He had all the fame in the world. And he had all the power in the world. He had all the wisdom in the world. He had everything going for him to where everybody in humanity would look at Solomon and say, he's perfect. He has everything anybody could ever want. And all of this was given to him by the Lord God. But what did he do? In his times of prosperity, he forgot the Lord because he was being disobedient to the Lord. It's also clear in the book of Moses, you know, in the law, that says that kings should not amass for themselves horses or their own military. They should not amount for themselves possessions. And that's exactly what Solomon did. But secondly, it's also written in the law that he's not supposed to take foreign wives, people that would drive his heart away from the Lord, and that's exactly what he did. And he didn't just have a few. He had 700 wives and princesses and 300 concubines. There's a difference between a wife and a princess because a wife is one that he chose to have, but a princess is a political marriage. Kings would often give their wa- their daughters away for political peace and for ceasefires and for alliances, so on and so forth. That would be a common practice. So it was more of a political move, and he had concubines. And so you see a 1,000 women You know, your average man may say, you know, a selection of women to fulfill my sexual desires every day of the year is is heaven. No, it's not. As you can see, all these things that every man could ever ask for in the world, none of it was satisfactory to him. It didn't satisfy his soul because only the Lord can satisfy the soul. And so his heart was driven away from him. Not only that, but he went way off the deep end with that. He was building altars and worshiping gods that were not the Lord. And this is with God appearing to him twice. So you give him, he has everything on earth he can possibly want. And God physically appeared to him twice. And that was still not enough, was it? So he gave them the warning. He's like, look, I'm going to, out of respect for your father, I'm not going to tear the kingdom away from you, but the kingdom is going to be divided from your son. Now, it's something to mention here because if you do the simple math, it doesn't make sense, but we just have to make sure we understand this properly. He said it's going to say that 10 tribes are going to go to Israel and only one is going to go to Judah. That's only 11 out of the 12 tribes. Where's the 12th one? Well, don't forget that Benjamin its territory is in the middle of Judah. So when we talk about Judah, Benjamin is lumped in. It's included in that, just to be clear. So it's not that God can't do simple math. There's a reason for that. So you see that the people that were risen up against Solomon are people from his from his dad's past. That things that David had done in the past upset the wrong people, and eventually God rose those people up to be enemies of Solomon. And what's very interesting is that the, his very first wife that is mentioned in the Bible, Solomon's first wife, is a princess of Egypt. And yet you see here that Egypt is one of the main adversaries of Solomon up to this point. So I thought that was very odd. But that's the way it is. And then you see this prophet that you don't really hear about too much. You don't really talk about him as one of the more famous prophets, but Ahijah he has some really interesting stuff going on. So first off, he's the one who meets Jeroboam, and he explains to him what's going to happen. And because Solomon did all this stuff, you're going to get a piece of the the kingdom now. But you must obey the Lord your God. We know that the word of the Lord will always come to pass, right? And it's very interesting that you would think Solomon, of all people, would understand that. And... God has spoken to Jeroboam, saying that the kingdom will be divided, and you will play a part in it. But what does Solomon do in verse 40? Solomon sought to end his life, and yet he fled, because it was God's doing. It was almost as if Solomon was trying to thwart what God was wanting to do, and how foolish that is. So even the wisest man in the world could be a fool in front of God. Isn't that true? Isn't that what it says in the New Testament as well, is that the foolishness of God is greater than the wisdom of man? Not that God is foolish, but the least intelligent aspect of God is still greater than the wisest man. So we should never try to thwart God in any way, because it won't work. So then Solomon passes away, and we see his son Rehoboam enter the scene. Now, Sometimes when you're trying to read this and you see Jeroboam, Rehoboam, I guess that was the the Bohems at the end was the more famous names at those times, I don't know, but uh, it's easy to get the two confused. Rehoboam was an evil king, and he did not listen to wise counsel from King Solomon. He listened to his friends. The counsel of Solomon were telling him to do the right thing and to be peaceful with these people, and things would go well. And yet, he listened to his friends, the ones that he grew up with. And now, they're young men, but even though they're young men, we see that Rehoboam became king. We saw at the end of chapter 14 that Rehoboam became king at the age of 40. And 40 in those days was not a young man. It says that Rehoboam grew up with these guys, and he listened to them over the wise counselors of Solomon's time but to be clear it said that this was because of the Lord the Lord did this Uh, verse 15 the king did not listen to the people for it was a turn of events from the Lord that he might establish his word that he spoke through Ahijah so all this is going according to God's will and I thought this was very interesting as well in verse 16 it says when all Israel saw that the king did not listen to them this almost was exactly what that one guy said during David's time when he was trying to bring people away from from David's reign and give it to Absalom he was throwing out this saying as well almost the exact same words I thought which was very I thought that was very interesting so you see Jeroboam start going down his own path, and he did not want anyone to go to Jerusalem. He did not want his people of Israel, the ten tribes, to go to Jerusalem, which was in Judah's territory, because then, well, they're going to want to go back and join Judah again. So then he goes and he does the exact wrong thing. He repeats the same stupid mistakes that the Israelites in the desert did. He literally makes two golden calves, just like Aaron did. And they worship those in two different places, one in Bethel, one in Dan. And then he started going way deep into idolatry with making high places, making priests for them that were not Levites, going completely against God. Going completely against anything that God ever wanted or said. So he got what was coming to him, and not only that, but it's... God encounters him, and he says that not only is he no longer going to be king, but also his entire family is going to be blotted out. In that language of being blotted out, you see that in other places of the Bible, referring to the book of life, that those who disobey God and do not keep his commandments, those who are not chosen by Christ, will be blotted out from the book of life. And this is the way that Jeroboam had condemned himself. Now, we talk about this in chapter 13. There's this man of God who doesn't have a name. But what's very interesting is in verse 2, he calls out the sins of that altar, right? But also, he mentions someone again by name who is going to rise up and tear down all this idolatry. And his name is Josiah. Josiah. Josiah is a king that's going to come in about 300 years. And we'll see him in second kings. But how amazing is that? That we have the second time now that we see somebody's name mentioned in prophecy. This isn't the last time. There's another one coming up that we'll see. But it's so amazing how God does this, where he names named somebody by name 300 years in advance that he's going to do this to the kingdom. And there's a sign that God is serious, and he performs that sign. And then this is something that I thought was very interesting. God had given specific instructions to this man of God to not go eat and drink with them and associate with them. Now, this was going to be fulfilled in a particular way that we're going to see right now, but the point I'm going to make is how can we see that from the New Testament standard as well. Think about what Paul teaches to in his letters. He talks about not associating with people that claim to be brothers but are not. It does say that we are supposed to not associate with those people. Now, we have to be very careful how we understand that because there's some people that take it way to the extreme where it says that we're not supposed to associate with anybody who's not a Christian. If that's the case, then Paul even says it himself. It's like, you need to live on a different planet, (laughs) you know? You need to live on a different planet because there's no way that you cannot interact with someone who's unsaved. So besides, isn't that against the Great Commission? We're supposed to go and make disciples of all nations? So the context of what he's trying to say is that we're not supposed to associate with fakers. We're not supposed to associate with people who say they're Christian, but they really are not. They don't act that way. They don't speak that way. They sin actively in their lives. Those people we should steer clear of. And this is the same way God does that with this man. Even if you were to give me half your house, I won't go with you, and I won't eat eat or drink any water in your house, because the Lord commanded me, you shall not eat any bread or drink any water with these people. I will not associate with you. And that's very good. He listened to the Lord. But then we see that there was another prophet, an old prophet. Now, he also is a real prophet. He had true prophetic gifts from God. However, he used them incorrectly. He used them in favor of evil. And that's why we have to be careful of people like that who are false prophets and false teachers, because he abused his power, and he took advantage of this man of God and lied to him, saying that, well, the Lord told you this, but the Lord sent an angel and told me this, which cancels out what you said. That's why we have to be very careful of what voices we're listening to. The word of God will never contradict itself. So if you hear something coming from any other source that contradicts the Bible as being a new revelation or a new prophecy, just completely ignore it, because what God has already written was going to stand forever, and there's no nothing new to be revealed. Everything has been revealed as it should be. So he didn't listen to the original voice. He believed this man and was led astray, and he ended up getting killed for it. We know that this killing of this man of God was divine judgment, wasn't it? Because we see that this, the lion was there. There's usually not a lion just being in the middle of the road. The lion refused to eat him, and the donkey was just standing there, and the lion didn't eat the donkey either. So you can just tell that this was something special. This was divine judgment. And this old prophet recognized that, and he regretted what he did. Then we see the fall of Jeroboam. We see the end of his life and his family coming to an end soon. Then we see Rehoboam come to an end, and he was just a pathetic king. Didn't get any of the wisdom that his, that his dad had, apparently. So as we pick up in chapter 15, we're going to see Abijam, who is the son of Jeroboam. And we'll see where we go from there, but we're going to start going through a line of kings that are going to rule over both Israel and Judah separately. Some of them are going to be good kings, most of them are going to be bad kings, and it'll be pretty evident what they are just by how they're introduced. Typically, you'll see this pattern as we go through this, where it'll start by saying, King so-and-so did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, or... King so-and-so did what was right, and that will just kind of outline the entire trajectory of their their time as king. So we'll see how that's going to play out here in the days to come. And that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.